Hello, welcome to today's podcast, which is brought to you by the Seton Shrine, and we are your co-hosts today. I am Bridget. And I am Lisa. And in each episode, we are looking forward to sharing stories about individuals who have ties to Elizabeth and or her mission. So Lisa, today, who Um, are we talking about? So today we're going to talk about Sister Kitty Mullen. Um, she was here in Emmitsburg. She had come from Baltimore with Mother Seton. So she was one of those first six sisters that um, traveled from Baltimore to Emmitsburg to establish the Sisters of Charity. So most of our research um, that we do mm-hmm. um, on individuals who knew Mother Seton worked with her, continue to work with her um, up to her death and even after her death is supported by letters written by Mother Seton. Um, and a few other books, but a lot of those other resources refer back to those letters. Right, so right. it's not often that we have an opportunity to talk to someone who knew these sisters kind of in their own right. Like they're a direct descendant, so they have all the family stories and the family lore that go along with that. Um, in fact, we've never done that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have the opportunity to talk to someone that is a direct descendant of Kitty I mean, yeah. I think we're that's exciting because yeah. um, I know that Kitty Mullen is mentioned a couple of times, but she's really not one of those more prevalent characters right. of Elizabeth Hansen's life. She, she just sort of inserted, but when you were looking further into it, it wasn't a whole lot. Right. But then we came across this descendant that actually knew her. And I remember the day that you introduced me to your friend. Right. And it was just so exciting because Elizabeth Hansen, direct line of descendant had died in 1967. Yeah. Um, so we don't have anyone to talk to on right. that side, but just right. ha- know somebody that n- that come from a line who lived and worked with Elizabeth and Seton, it's just pretty great. So who is your friend? Who's our special guest? So my friend is Jody Hammond, and she um, is the sister of my friend Polly. So Polly and I met um, a very long time ago in middle school. And we became very close. That family introduced me to the Catholic Church. And um, Polly and Jody's parents were my sponsors when I became Catholic. So this is a family that has become really part of my life. So then to find out that Jody was related to Kitty and has her own set of stories that the family has told um, that we didn't know. And so it kind of fills it in together. And it's such a beautiful thing to see that these sisters are still Great. You know, has a have a hold on us two hundred years later. Yeah. Well, let's give her a call because I'm excited to hear what little insight that she can give to us about Kitty and the Mullen family and what so that I have Bridget with me. Um, hi, Bridget. To her. Hi, Jody. How are you this morning? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for calling in. Oh, sure. Well, thank you for letting me delay a week. <laughs> oh no, no problem. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, Jody, I was just going to kind of talk a little bit about how we know each other, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of get into um, Sister Kitty and how you know okay. her. Um, so, um, actually, I met Jody's sister, Polly, mm-hmm. first. Um, I was thinking about this, Jody. It's been 40 years since Polly and I met. <laughs> mm, that's amazing. <laughs> I amazing. know. I know. So, um, we became pretty close, I think, right away. Um, mm-hmm. And... Polly would take me to church all the time. So that's how I was introduced to the Catholic church. I was not Catholic. Um, and I started going with her quite a bit and then slowly kind of got to know the family and, uh-huh. and met Jody through that. And Jody, I think uh-huh. you were, um, 
married or getting close to being married? Yes, married and, and starting to have children. So I was kind of, you know, Polly being nine years younger, she was, uh, you know, I was on to, on to life, <laughs> real life stuff. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, but I do remember seeing you back then. And then I guess we, did we get reacquainted? I guess the Seton Shrine, huh? Our, yeah. our, our, our lives kind of path, you know, we, we did, um, uh, see each other through the years, but then, yeah, started yeah. seeing each other more when you were at the Seton Shrine a lot. Yeah, I think um, through weddings and things like that. And then, of course, your parents, who mm-hmm. were awesome, um, they were mm-hmm. my sponsors when I became a Catholic. So, oh, I don't um, think I knew that. Yeah, oh. so, oh, um, yeah, they they are amazing. Um, but that's beautiful. It sounds to me that Elizabeth Ann Seaton actually brought you guys back together, I guess, you know, like you've been yeah. out of touch and then really yeah. through the Seaton Shrine, you reconnected and yeah. have yeah. ever since then, as far as I know, Zodi, Lisa talked about you all the time. <laughs> and oh. I think because it's our, our um, one other individual is sort of like the thread into all this is Sister Killing Mullen, right. who mm-hmm. has inspired generations of her own family right. into religious life. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that that's interesting what Bridget's touching on, because since I've started here, I love telling Kitty's story. And it's interesting because mm-hmm. there's a lot of sisters that were here that, you know, in that 11 years that Mother Seton was here. And some of them, we have a lot of information on, some we only have a little. And Kitty, Mm -hmm. we don't have a whole lot. A lot of what we have is repeated, the same stories Mm -hmm. repeated. Um, We have learned a little bit about her family. I mean, she had a very religious family in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um, And she had a brother, Edward, who had four daughters that were daughters of charity. Two of them are also buried here along with Kitty. I know. And then she had another brother, Jonathan, who had eight sons and one daughter. And Jonathan, I think, I believe is how you are directly related. Right, right. To her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that line is pretty neat. You know, that, that line is, is, um, is pretty neat. Yeah, because some of his sons were altar builders um, and did jobs within the church. Um, and then some of them were also religious. Like some of the boys I think were religious. I'm not remembering this correctly. Um, Mm -hmm. so uh, I think she kind of left an imprint on them. It seems like, um, but you know, it seemed like the family was really committed to the church. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, uh, um, I know when I first really found out, um, about um, the family um, was when our daughter Kristen, our oldest daughter Kristen, was living in Baltimore and was getting ready to be married. And I, I was really hoping that she'd be married at St. John's because my husband and I had been married there. This is the church she grew up in. Uh, we also had family history um, at the church, but she wanted to be, be married at the uh, Baltimore Basilica. And after we went down there um, to visit, I came back, and it so just so happened that my Aunt Polly was visiting from St. Louis. She was a good shepherd nun and was the family historian. And I was kind of just, you know, saying, oh, I'm sorry, you know, there's no real family history down there where we have it at St. John's. And she said, oh, no. She said, you know, that's when she began to tell me all about, uh, you know, I, I already knew about Kitty. But she said that Kitty's um, brother was the sacristan down there, had been there for 30 years, and they they lived in a little house right there by the basilica, and that um, 
he was good friends with Archbishop Eccleston and, and even named a child after the Archbishop. And, um, uh, and then, and then the clincher was then she said that, uh, Kitty's father was the one who provided the horse and cart for mother Teresa to come out to, uh, from Baltimore to Emmitsburg. And that was like really amazing. Uh, so, so, you know, that's, that's pretty neat. That's pretty Mm -hmm. neat. So then I felt a lot better about her getting uh, married down there. And what's really neat too, is it's kind of like the family even kind of provided for us. Um, she wound up getting married on a very meaningful day and meaningful time of day for me. So I just felt, I just felt so connected and I've just been very connected, you know, felt very connected, uh, since then to, to, uh, my ancestors. It's pretty neat. Yeah. So you, um, so you said, um, you think that they gave mother Seton the cart to come here, right? Mm-hmm. The carriage to yeah, come here. That's which, the, that's right. the family lore. And then it's interesting though, because I was looking back over some of our, um, our wonderful genealogy that my cousin Gib has has taken on, and one of the ancestors, or let's see, I guess it would have been Sister Kitty's like grand grand nephew, um, Father Reed Mullen. In his obituary, he stated that his great grand aunt Catherine Mullen was one of her first companions, and that they were driven to Emmitsburg by his great grand uncle. So. There you have it. I oh. guess it's true. <laughs> well, I don't think I have that actually in my notes. That would be, that's wonderful because yeah. um, Bridget and I were talking that, you know, here when we do our research, some of it is just oral history. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just the sisters writing things that they remember. And a lot of times they were older when they wrote it and they're just trying to remember things, you know, that probably didn't seem as important at the time it was happening. Right, um, right, but, right, um, for sure. Knowing what we, we know that now, right? I mean, right. if things happen to us in our lives, we don't always, you know, right. tell people about it or write it down or whatever, yeah. Right, and I think, you know, with Mother Seton being in Baltimore in 1808 at Packer Street and being involved with the church there, she had to have known your your family, the extended family of kiddies. Yeah, um, And That's so amazing. it kind of makes sense that they would have helped her out, given her the cart, yeah, yeah, that's a neat thought. You know, you just wish you knew a little bit more about that. You know, how how did um, Kitty first meet Mother Seton? Yeah. You know, that would have been neat. Um, you know, we'll have to delve into that a little bit more. Maybe we can get some, find some information on that somewhere at some point. Yeah, it's, it's like Mother Seton wrote a lot of letters and she had a lot of details that we can derive from but then there's Mm. always the little like day-to-day things and you know just i guess common interactions that aren't recorded so you're trying Mm -hmm. to branch out and find other sources that could help us and really you know kind of coming down to it is like having you here with us today we're very fortunate because we have a living resource <laughs> to try to <laughs> find yeah yeah i know yeah because even in mother Seton's own family you know her son william was the only one to have children and the last direct descendant died in 1967 so yeah we don't even have those kind of direct stories yeah. that family lore that you're talking about which i think is is so interesting Mm-hmm. Um, because it, yeah. it makes our story here more complete, you know? Yeah. And, right. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank you, Lisa, for 
keeping Kitty Mullen certainly alive too, with all the research you've done and you've provided me with so much information and, um, you know, it's just, it's just been, it's just been great. Well, um, Jody, if you don't mind me asking, you know, really what has Sister Kitty Mullen come to mean to you, um, other than just being a descendant? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I think, when I really kind of think about the whole thing, you know, it's just such a God thing because for one thing, you know, she, she only lives, I mean, she's buried up there a half an hour from where we live. It's not like she's, you know, uh, Mother Seton was a saint out in California or Illinois or whatever, but, you know, right here in, in our backyard, pretty much in Frederick County. And, and so, I mean, I think that's just pretty amazing. Um, and then I, I think, you know, she, she has really, Mother, I mean, Kitty has become a true and intimate friend. Um, she, I know she's a faithful intercessor for our family. And I feel like whenever I pray to her, I'm getting a two for one. I'm getting Mother <laughs> Seaton too. <laughs> and uh, I guess, I guess when I realized what they endured that first winter up there too, um, I'm, I'm in awe of, of their strength, of her strength, especially since I've read that her, you know, she was of kind of delicate countenance that, um, you know, to, to, when I think about, you know, like, oh, gosh, could I have gotten through that first winter with snow blowing in and no, no, um, you know, no heat and, and all that and, and not knowing really what their future, just really putting everything in the hands of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm very proud of her. I'm very proud of her. And, um, and I, I just, I wanted to say this, that um, I had been meaning to go into the archives, um, you know, up there at the Seton Shrine. I had been meaning to stop in there for a long time, and I just never did. And then finally, on a hot summer day six years ago, I stopped in there, and um, the sister was there, you know, sharing information with me. And she said, you know that you're here, uh, it was July 19th, and she said, you're here on the exact anniversary date of when Kitty and mother took their vows. And that was pretty amazing (laughs) (laughs) that, you know, you know, I don't think that was any coincidence. Uh, I just feel like there's a real spiritual connection there. And um, the other funny thing is I I mentioned to the sister, I said, you know, I always, for some reason had a hard time finding Kitty's tombstone. It it shouldn't have been hard. I mean, really now it's very easy, but I always kind of, you know, couldn't find it up there. And um, then one day there was a bench, a permanent bench had been put in right there in front of her grave, in front of her tombstone. So I mentioned this to the sister of the archives and she said, oh, Kitty must really want you to visit. So that was, that was kind of neat. And I do, I do. I sit on that and I, you know, talk to her. I I try to do that every time I come to visit. You know, I try to go out there to the cemetery to, to visit with Kitty too. And to ask her intercession for our family. I mean, as you're like sitting here talking, I'm thinking um, kind of what Bridget said at the beginning here. It kind of is full circle because um, when you were telling me that, that you come and sit on that bench, I Mm -hmm. always think of something that you told me. I think it was when Polly and her husband Steve were like renewing their vows. I don't like their 10th Mm -hmm. wedding anniversary or something. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And you said to me that everyone that you pray for or pray with will meet you in heaven. 
And mm. so every time I picture you sitting on that bench, I'm thinking, well, you'll meet Kitty, like, when you see her. I know, I know. And, yeah, and, you know, and it's funny because when I first started going, I, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to her age. I mean, I wasn't consciously thinking, gosh, she died at 32. And, and you know, she was 32 when, um, um, when she was, you know, when she was buried. But, and it's also kind of like on the spiritual level, it's kind of like, well, she's not just 32. I mean, you know, she could be almost any age. Um, um, and, and just, but I still, I feel like I have the spiritual connection with her. And, and, and um, the other thing that I think is kind of neat is that I've got a mug, you know, they sell them up there at the gift shop at the Seton Shrine the mug of uh, different saints quotes. Mm-hmm. And so I have one of, of Elizabeth Ann Seton. And, and I think, you know, when I read those quotes, I think, gosh, you know, th- these are things probably that Kitty heard spoken by mother Seton. So mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a true, a true blessing to, um, to have, to, to know and to appreciate her, to appreciate uh, the fact that, she was one of Mother Seton's first nuns. So was it through your Aunt Polly that you learned that she was buried here? Um, you know what? I think probably. Um, I Probably. Or Gib, my cousin Gib, um, might have might have mentioned that too. And, uh, and I started coming up when I, you know, started really thinking about it and having more time. I'd come up and make, um, you know, come up for mass and then really kind of make a pilgrimage. Every time I come up there, I just think of it as a pilgrimage for some reason. And, and, uh, you know, I think that the, the other thing I was going to mention is that, um, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but the fact that she died on Christmas day too, is pretty mm-hmm. amazing. And that I've, I mean, I have even started thinking about her on Christmas day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, gosh, this is the day that she received communion she was able to receive communion twice and then you know then she met our lord in the in the evening well, on christmas day i mean that that was pretty was that was pretty amazing yeah even mother seaton said that was the greatest gift that one could get i mean and yeah. you know you know mother seaton had a huge devotion towards um the infant jesus mm-hmm. uh, christmas time she had her academy her students do their first communion they would take a retreat during advent um, mm-hmm. to be ready for First Communion around Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, would, I just thinking, Lisa, I was, remember reading that account, and it really is. Mother Seen always looked to eternal life. You know, she saw that yeah. as a, the greatest gift. Ever since Mother Seen was a young girl, she always looked up to the heavens, and she knew that's where she wanted to be. And I think yeah. through all her life, every um, course that she was on, every decision she had to make, every trial and tribulation, she always, you know, felt, well, this must be, on some level, God's will, but she mm-hmm. knows that I need to keep going forward because I'm going to eventually receive the, the gift of eternal life. And I think she always viewed that being tied into Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So when Kitty Mullen died on Christmas Day, it seemed like she was just so happy for Kitty right. to be able yeah. to receive that greatest like Christmas gift right. that Absolutely. one possibly could receive yeah. on Christmas Day. Right. I mean, they, yeah. um, 
it was nice to like see how like Mother Seton and Father Dubois and Sister Rose White, everyone that wrote about Kitty, like they they were so happy for her that she died on Christmas Day because she had that special devotion, you know, to the divine yeah. infant. They said, you know, she couldn't receive communion without crying and um, know. you know, and I know. it was just such a beautiful thing. And the fact that she got to take communion twice on Christmas Day was really yeah. special too because, um, and I didn't realize how special until I was doing my research that communion wasn't a daily thing. Sometimes it wasn't even a weekly thing. It mm -hmm. was just um, on special feast days. And so yeah. to take it twice in one day was very, very rare. In fact, I think there's a, a comment that a sister that died that was able to happen to her like 20 years, 30 years after Kitty. And they said that that was only the second time that had happened. Wow. So, wow. you know, the, yeah the really the privilege of being able to take communion like that. And then they they have the saying, which I've come to love about your soul will take its flight to heaven when you die. Mm -hmm. um, and so that Mother Seton says that about her, that her mm -hmm. soul had taken its flight to heaven to have a third communion, you know, yeah. with the Lord. And yeah, it's such a beautiful thing, I think, for it Kitty. And I think she kind of wanted, it sounds like she wanted to die that day. Like it was such a beautiful mm -hmm. gift um, yeah, for her, yeah. which um, we don't think of that so much today. We think of it as like, oh, how sad for her, you know, or her, for her family to remember that she died on that day. But it, it sounds like it's what she really wanted. Yeah, I think it just got right. into the times, again, about how death was viewed in general. Right. You know, death mm -hmm. was very prevalent back in those times, um, that you had to be realistic about it, that you had to address it. It couldn't be taboo. And where today, you know, it's the opposite. It's right. taboo. It's right. awkward. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we really want yeah. to talk about it. And then when somebody does die, and it could be very natural process, it's just taking on the sadness and grief over it instead of this rejoice of there's right. someplace better or the right. in eternal life they're sitting at the right hand of god in a way you know yeah. alongside right. the yeah. and that all probably goes you know gets back to the person's face you know if right. they it if does. they have a strong faith they're going to look at it in eternal in eternal terms mm -hmm. and, yeah. and if not you know it, they they kind of wonder what happened to that person yeah but, i mean and i think bridget's right like they just don't you don't see that beautiful death so much today. I mean, yeah. if I could like share something like personal with you, Jody, it's like your mm -hmm. when your father passed away a few years ago. It mm -hmm. was odd. I said this to Polly. Um, it was probably the best funeral I've ever been to, which sounds mm -hmm. strange, but it's like everything was done right. Like the just the mm -hmm. prayers and I mean, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful, and it's just mm -hmm. it's hard to find that today. Yeah, um, especially yeah. today yeah. Uh, with what we're dealing yeah. with, but. Um, they sisters took the time, I think, to do that with each each sister that passed away. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes saints like attach themselves to families. Mm -hmm. And when I look at your family a little bit, I feel like Mother Seton has done that and probably Kitty, too. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, some of you were um, teachers. Polly was a teacher um, or nurses. I think mm -hmm. you were a nurse. Um, I was a nurse. Yep. Yeah. And yep. then, of course, your grandfather, who was in that direct line, was an admiral in the Navy. Mm -hmm. So it, yep. it just seems like she's kind of attached herself to your family a little bit. So do you feel yeah. that connection? Do you feel that closeness to Mother Seaton? Oh, I do. I do. It's, and, and, you know, when I go up and see 
you know, her altar over there and there's a, isn't there a Navy ship over there to the, to her right? You know, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, yeah, I think that, um, there are a lot of similarities, <clears throat> excuse me, that we share. Um, and, and what's kind of neat too, is I was a nurse for several years. And then when I got out of nursing, I, um, I really, I love little kids and I love, and I, you know, like the preschoolers, toddlers, preschoolers, and, and I helped, I helped aid in a few uh, Catholic schools in the area. And so just like Mother Seton and Kitty, you know, I share the love of children, love of sharing um, my faith with them. Um, you know, um, I think too with Kitty, you know, there's so many there's so many, I'm not kidding, uh, Mother Seton, just, you know, there, there's so many ways that you can relate to her as, as a wife, as a mother, mm-hmm. um, you know, as if you're a convert, a widow, you know, an educator, I mean, uh, as an adventurer, you know, there, there are, there are so many different ways that, that one can relate to her that I think that makes her really special too. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that you were able to find that kind of relationship with Mother Seton. Um, mm. There's always something, you know, even working here at the Seton Shrine, we try to convey to people that, you know, saints isn't necessarily something on a pedestal or someone to admire. It's, mm-hmm. There really are someone that you can have a relationship. And it's not just a saint. It's anybody from our past who has right. died and are living in an eternal life that you can still have some relationship with that person. And you're just a really, a beautiful example of not just a relationship with St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, but even with Kitty Mullen, your great, great aunt, and you look at her as a saint as, and for yourself, you know, that yeah. I believe you said it early yeah. on that she's a saint for your family. Yeah. You know, yeah. very personal. And and that's well, just beautiful because we're all here, here on earth, we are all called to sainthood, right. whether we mm-hmm. actually be recognized by the church or not. Right. 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 That's right. And yeah. I, I um, when I was thinking about your family, which you know I adore your family, <laughs> but um <laughs> you had um you you say these things sometimes and they just leave such an impression on me and we have really learned a lot about Mother Seton having this continual prayer, this prayer that lasted all day long. Like she would break up the rosary so the sisters would basically be praying the rosary all day long. And mm. I remember the last time I think you were here, you told me about your grandfather and how your mother's memory of him. Um, and he was he was born in the 1800s because... Right, the late, right, the late 1800s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was the rear admiral. But mm-hmm. he, her memory of him is being on his knees praying, like mm-hmm. at, at night. Yeah, you know? and right, and he, he was, you know, he was um, uh, a strict. You know, he he was loving. He was a loving man, but he was strict. And and you know, for her to see him down on his knees praying the rosary really made an impression. Um, and then and then years later, I remember him taking care of my grandmother who had dementia. And, um, you know, how hard that must have been. I think it's awfully hard for the for the husband to have to take care of the wife as they get up there in years. And, you know, he was just so um, he was he was so good with her. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I I see that influence of Kitty and her siblings, but especially Kitty. I think when I read about her, you know, she was appointed disciplinarian, which I thought Mm -hmm. was kind of 
funny in a way because everything about her is so sweet and, you know, and she mm-hmm. just loved children. But again, Mother Seton felt that same way, that you need to be tenderhearted with children, that you need to give them confidence and reward them and and help them yeah. get through, you know, their trials, I guess, in a way. Um, yeah. And so well, you know, and, 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 and I, I had to laugh when I when I saw that, that she was the disciplinarian because that, that family line, you know, my grandfather was certainly <laughs> – a disciplinarian and my mom my mom was a disciplinarian and I think though too um I I think uh and I even think of Polly I think of my sister Polly as a as a good disciplinarian but I think that you can you you know you have the balance of loving the child and disciplining them for their own good and in a gentle you know in in a gentle way so I would I would expect Kitty probably would have been she would have been firm but loving. That's how I picture. That's how I probably picture her. Yeah, I I agree. And she was also mistress of the novices. So she kind of um, took care of those that were discerning to become sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and what did they say that she was just so knowledgeable in her faith Um, and that mother Seton picked her, you know, for that reason. But I also like, which I think you were alluding to earlier that she, so she was very, um, pretty and delicate and she had these delicate hands and she noticed the girls kept looking at her hands and so she stained them with walnut juice um, yeah so yeah wow they would stop being focused on that and I was like yeah. that takes its own sort of strength I think you know, yeah to- yeah well you know and and I, I, I it's funny I don't know if I told you this but but our daughter Kristen has beautiful hands. She's she, and and when I read that about Kitty, I was like, gosh, well that key, that was passed down to Kristen because <laughs> she's got very very beautiful delicate hands. Too. Yeah, well, she's she's a beautiful girl anyway. <laughs> well, she hasn't stained them with walnut juice yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think today people would be shocked if someone did that. But I think, yeah, really, you know, Kitty really. saw her job as being. Um, you know, forming their minds and didn't want them yeah. to be focused, you know, on something they were looking at. She wanted them to yeah. stay focused on what they were learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just really nice to know too. Cause I, I remember when I was first, you know, kind of inquiring about her and I wondered more about her personality. That's what I really wanted to know. You know, what was she like? And, and you have really filled in the gaps there, Lisa, for me. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and it's just nice to know that she was a woman of such faith. I mean, you know, you expect probably if you're a, a, uh, one of the first nuns of a, you know, a, a, a saint <laughs> um, that, that you would be, but not necessarily so. So it's just nice to just know that she was so faithful. And, and I, I think what I, what I love is um, just the fact, too, that, I, I know being the oldest of a large family myself, you know, I, I really, I pray a lot for our family, our extended family and, mm-hmm. and all. And, and I just know there with Kitty, I'm sure she was praying for her. You know, she was from a large family. Um, not all her siblings were probably even born yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when she was in Emmitsburg, I don't know what the spacing was, but, um, but I'm sure she was praying for everybody and, you know, praying for her parents and, and everybody. So it's just, it's just such a nice connection. It really is. It's a, just a, it's a very comforting thing. It's a very comforting thing. 
And Lisa, I'm sure you and Bridget, you can pray to Kitty Mullen anytime you want. And I'm sure <laughs> she will be looking out for you too. <laughs> I hope so. I really like her. Um, yeah, because, you know, Kitty is one of those sisters that, you know, again, we don't know much about because right. there's not yeah. a lot written down. Um, so you can tend to overlook those sisters that aren't in the writings or right. documented the way we take from our resources. Right. Right. But it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they're any less. It doesn't mean that they did not contribute. And it would be a mistake mm -hmm. to think otherwise. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think we're learning it all together. And hopefully one day, like, you know, even for yourself, Jody, that we hope that we can have something a little bit more complete to understand mm -hmm. not just these individuals, but how the sisters as a collectively as a whole mm -hmm. came to be. Yeah, and what they that would be wonderful. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah. I mean, one of the sisters, I think it was Sister Margaret George, she used to say, you know, one heart. They used to say one heart, one soul with Mother Seton in the center. So, mm. um, but Jody, yeah. um, thank you for visiting with us today. Oh, um, you're certainly welcome. It's been a pleasure. It's so good to hear your stories. And um, I guess it just means that I would have liked all of your family for hundreds of years. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you're so kind. <laughs> yeah. Today, we never, ever get to talk to a direct descendant of any of the mm. sisters. So this was certainly oh. a privilege, I think, for both of us. Oh. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's yeah. been a joy. Thank you. Okay. Um, we'll talk to you soon. We'll let you know how this goes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, guys. Right. Great talking to you. All right. Thank you, Lady. Okay. We'll see you. I'll be, I'll be up there to see you soon. Oh, good. Good. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. But well, that was great. Yeah. I'm glad we had a chance <laughs> to talk to her. Yeah. So I knew when she started talking. It would just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right, um, um, I'm going to try to find that um, article that the obituary because we can use that as our reference that yeah. the family brought her here. It could be yeah. something documented, oral history. Yeah. I really want to see if we can even find out about that wagon. Like, yeah. how cool would that be? I'm yeah. sure there's got to be something documented somewhere, like in the like list of purchases or you know how I yeah. thought she kind of recorded those things. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I'll do some more research, look through obituaries because I don't have that obituary. So if I can find it, then I'll just list it and then we'll have it. Yeah. Well, let's be? wrap up this podcast. So thank you everyone for listening in. And um, again, I think, you know, Robbie said it over and over again, that yeah. it's not every day you actually get to meet in with a descendant right. or someone from the past that right. knows someone pretty notable now, a right. little bit and right. it's just kind of neat. And to it's be interesting able to talk to somebody. like to see that 200 years yeah, that has gone exactly. by and to see that connection is still there, that thread is still there, that yeah. she very much feels like Kitty is still a part of their lives. Yeah, but I really think my takeaway from this is that for Jody, she really established a relationship with her aunt Right. who knew Mother Seton, so therefore right. she has a relationship with a little bit of right. Seton. And, and I think that's beautiful because there's two women in the same place right. and going to the cemetery. It's like, oh my gosh, to right. spend time and knowing I'm right. having the intercession of two people of one of which she views both as states. Right. And she sits there and visits her. I mean, what a beautiful thing and has a conversation with her. And, and, I, and it's funny because you were right. It ties back into one heart, one soul again. Right. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, stay tuned for our next podcast. Thank you.